Hello and welcome to Unbounded Growth, a podcast that challenges you to grow and become a better version of yourself. My name is Mark Allen, and together with my friend Adam, we share thoughts and ideas from the books that we read and how they enhance our personal growth and development. We also host other readers and leaders. We learn from the experiences through our discussions. Our episodes here every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Central Standard Time. Thank you for listening in and let's grow together on Bonded Growth. Hello, good morning and happy Tuesday. Welcome to Unbounded Growth. This is Mark Alan Muteba, your host, and I'm here with my friend and co-host Adam Shibindu. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing well, Mark. How are you doing? I am doing great. This is Season 2, Episode 7. Man, days are flying and weeks are going by. It's already the end of the <laughs> year <are>. and last <laughs> week was Thanksgiving. Adam, how, how many pounds did you add? Well, man, I wish I've been looking for those pounds. <laughs> it looks like I'm looking for the pounds. The pounds are looking for me. So we're just going in circle looking for each other. So uh, it's, uh, <laughs> like you, you added five pounds yeah, on Thursday. And then, uh, as, as, as soon as Friday hit, you went back to the lab and lost everything you'd gained. Everything. <laughs> it's like pretty much like everything was gone. That was... Um, I didn't even do Black Friday shopping. Wow. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I actually went out there, but I was very busy that day. Yeah, we we were just talking about Black Black Friday shopping and how some of it can 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 be uh can become a scam if you're not careful. So uh if you do black but Black Friday shopping or Cyber Mondays, I always advise people look look at other options. You see something on Amazon selling for two hundred dollars, go to eBay, go to uh, to BNH photos, you know, photography, go to another site. Look at the same item. Maybe the Black Friday is just a label that they put out there, but the price doesn't change at all. And uh, so today we uh, we we get started with the third law. Last week we we did finish up with with the second law of success, and to the, uh, second law of success, <laughs> second law of habits. <laughs> I, you know, we all want to be so successful that sometimes we 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 only focus on that. So the second law, we talked about how we can make our habits attractive. We we spent a lot of time uh, designing, doing the things that can help you make your habit your habits attractive. And one of the things that we said is to make the habit as easy as possible. Designing your environment such as your environment attracts you to do or encourages you to to do the habits that you you want to do. We spent a, a good amount of time discussing the three or four chapters that that uh, pertain to to that second law. Now, the third law of 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 habit creation, as is explained by James Clear, is to make it easy. But before we go there, our December giveaway is coming up. And we've been putting the package together. Yeah. Go ahead, Adam. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's coming up very soon. So starting on December 1st, we're going to be putting a package together for a giveaway. And the rules will be posted uh, before December 1st mm-hmm. on our Instagram page and on our LinkedIn as well. And uh, so with that, it's going to be just simple. Uh, you see the post where there is a picture. You share, you follow our page, you share it, and you tag at least three people from your network or three people that you are calling to do the same. And then we're going to pick one person randomly who will receive the package and we should be able to announce that this coming um, Thursday. And for the people who are not in America, people overseas, uh, we will be having a gift card, a $50 gift card you can use for anything, anywhere around the world. Um, and it will just be the same process. You like, you share, and you show on your story on Instagram, you repost on your LinkedIn, and uh, you tag at least three people that can join, uh, that, that can join also in the, in the raffle. Absolutely, yeah. And the gift that we be sent you in the package is actually to encourage you to start your New Year strong with your New Year resolutions and not just have a wish list of tough stuff that you want to do next year. And, you know, and I think we talk about it today in today's episode, you know, the uh, the difference between, you know, action and, and, and motion. You know, a lot of us get into motion. We wish to do things. We plan to do things, but we never actually get around to start doing the things that we need to do. So we'll be talking about that today, you know, in the third law, how to make your habits 
easy. So be on the lookout for our package, our giveaway package for the month of December. We're going to run it for about 20, 25 days until Christmas Day. And then the giveaway will be on Christmas. So we announce, we announce the winner. But also something else coming up this month. We have about two to three guests that we, we have. Maybe the third one we may post the, the episode in January. But we have uh, we, we are trying definitely to, to, to get our two guests uh, this year. One of them we'll be talking a lot about in business. How can you make your business successful? If you're in small business or you're trying to start a business, I'd like to invite you again to, to hear the story of this gentleman. I mean, he, he has an amazing story. We cannot wait to have him here. Uh, the other person that we'll be receiving, we'll be talking to us a lot about, about, a lot about a, a journey with personal growth. We'll be talking about education, you know, how can your environment influence you? And she has a powerful story about, you know, the influence that your, your, your environment plays on you and the things that we just do not know. As, as a community, especially minorities, you know, some, 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 some crazy statistics such as there's a hundred million dollars on scholarship that are left on the table every single year for high schoolers that are available there, but nobody's taking advantage of them here in the United States. You know, so if you live in the United States, I'll definitely invite you to also tune in with us and we make the dates available to you as soon as possible. And of course, those episodes, we're trying to have them on, on, on video so that you can also have the opportunity to, to see the people that you, you will be, um, uh, that, that we'll be receiving and the conversations that we'll be having. All right. We all those announcements been given. Let's dive into the book. Make it easy. So make it easy. The third law of success. James Clear starts in chapter eleven. The chapter is called "Walk Slowly, but Never Backward." I'll start with this story, and Adam will pick it up from there. So there was a story about this professor, and I'm trying to uh, to find his name. His name was Jerry Jerry Osman. So Jerry Osman was a photography professor in a school. At the beginning of the year, he divided the class in two parts. Uh, one part, he told them, hey, you are going to be the quality group. And the reason why I'm telling this story is because I'm in photography. <laughs> and I'll probably tell why, <laughs> how, how this makes a difference. It, it's crazy when I read this story. It's, it resonated so much with me. And I was like, wow, this is, this is crazy. And the, sec- the first group was the quality group. The second group was the quantity group. So he gave them two tasks. He said, well, I will grade you at the end of the semester on this project. But all you have to do for the quantity group I just want y'all to take as many pictures as possible. And once you've taken all those pictures, bring me the result. Bring me the results and uh, I evaluate the result and see and see uh, who got the best picture, right? And the, quanti- the quality group had a different task. They say you need to take as few pictures as possible. But I want those pictures to be perfect. When you go out there, Make sure that you check your lighting, you check your exposure, you check your ISO, you check uh, if you take a photography gig, you probably understand <laughs> what I'm saying by all that. You check all those parameters to make sure that you get me the best photo. And at the end of the semester, when they're evaluating the work, all the best pictures were from the people who were in the quantity group. And he goes on to teach an important lesson here. He said, most of the times when it comes to habit creation, quantity is better than quality. And, and, and I'm a victim of that. Adam, Adam knows me enough by now to know how much of a perfectionist I can be. You know, it's like I never want to start something until it's perfect. And circling back to the example I was saying that I was going to give, even as a photographer, I do photography. I understand photography. Uh, to, to, to a higher level, and I can have pretty technical, detailed conversation about photography. I spent a lot of time watching YouTubers that explain things about photography. My young sister, Marlene, on the other hand, she does photography, but the difference between both of us, I spend more time studying, but she spends more time taking pictures. And every time, every single time, like we are both struggling to take a picture, I can set the parameters and everything. I can explain to her why a picture is coming wrong. But if I take the picture and she takes the same picture, her pictures always come better than my picture. <laughs> and and, and I'm, I've just noticed that. And sometimes I'll just look at the pictures like, wow. Uh, and, you know, I'll be going through the pictures like, did I take this? And it's like, no, 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 I took that. <laughs> you know? And I was like, okay, I think you just, <laughs> you, you. it's like, okay, I'm still teaching you. I'm still your coach, okay? So, so put some respect <laughs> on my name. But it made me realize with time that 
It was not the knowledge that I had that was taking good pictures. Yes, the knowledge helps a lot, especially when you're working in studio pictures, uh, studio photography, natural light and stuff like that. Your knowledge helps you. But if you are not out there pressing your shutter and taking pictures, you are never going to be a great photographer. You're just not going to be. You know, and, and I thought this example was was, was so, so, uh, so, uh, so, 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 so dear to me that uh, I think it was, it was really uh, driving the point home. And then I give a quote here that I really like. It, say, it says that I've heard this quote backward and I think it makes sense in all ways. It said Voltaire which was a French man, says that the best is the enemy of the good. I've heard that the good is the enemy of the best, right? Uh, especially when you... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I read a book actually, Good to Great. Good to Great, yeah. Yes, mm. uh, I think it's, uh, what's his name? Jim Rohn? I think it's Jim Collins. No, no, Jim Collins. Jim Collins, Jim Collin. yes. Yeah, Good to Great. And he's talking about how turning how companies that are good turn into companies that are great. So he, he did actually... that. This is actually... A, a scientific experiment that he's talking about where um, he said a control group mm-hmm. of companies mm-hmm. and then he said he, he looked at companies that became great and how they went through that that process. Mm. And I think, yeah, here is Voltaire is, is making the switch. Right. He's saying that. And I think he's, he's coming hard, you know, strongly against uh, perfectionism. Perfectionist, yes. And, yeah. and I think that's the danger with, with perfectionism. And, and, and you know, it goes on to talk about that idea about motion and action. And, yeah, I'll let Adam finish his idea and then we, we can move on that. Yeah, yeah so I think um, one, a few things that, um, that kind of just captivated me on, on this story, as you have already said, is just the idea of um, the good and the best. Mm. And for particular cases... That again can be, uh, it's this quote can be used interchangeably, mm-hmm. both for uh, good, um, good is better than best, mm-hmm. or best is better than good. Good. Mm. In which sense, in this sense of a habit, mm. it's better to have a good habit mm-hmm. than to be striving. For the best habit, mm. but Adam, because, don't you don't you think that even applies in research? Because if you oh, hit, yeah, that's <laughs> you that's actually the whole point, right? In our in our field, mm. we barely look for perf- perfect per- perfection. Even in software engineering, there, there's uh, one we, this acronym, you know, KISS. eighty like twenty rule. Yeah, K I S S twenty rule. Keep it keep it simple and stupid. Yeah, mm-hmm. kiss it. That's what we say. <laughs> so you just kiss it. Keep it simple and stupid mm. and easy. Mm-hmm. Einstein say that um, you cannot, like, for if you know something, you have to be able to explain it in the simplest possible terms. And uh, to the level that exactly, PhD, PhD student can understand. Yeah, say <laughs> it so well so that even a PhD student can get, can, it. Can get it. And that's yeah. actually, yeah, that's 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 how it works. It's for in our research, we try not to shoot for the best. Mm-hmm. We shoot for what is good. Mm. We don't really go for the best. And when you have a habit of getting what is good, mm. when it, when in, 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 in habit formation, it piles up. Mm-hmm. Things happen in series mm-hmm. in habit formation. The power happens in series versus everything else the power happened in parallel mm-hmm. where things like, um, you know, you can have a, like the same voltage distributed everywhere. Right. However, in habits, you need things in series. You need things to be piling up. And we talked earlier in the book about habit stacking. Mm-hmm. You need things to be stacked together and to be, um, to be put together. And he say that uh, motion makes you feel like you are getting things done. Mm. And I am um, I am a person who falls so much into this category, right? Because I get super excited about a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, anyone who knows me knows that I, I'm not just doing one thing. Mm-hmm. I have a bunch of stuff that I'm doing, and as a result, so many of them don't come into fruition. Right. So many of them just end up as ideas, mm. and they don't really get done. I do get some stuff done. 
but not everything that I want done is done. Is done. Mm-hmm. And now why? Because I get super excited. Mm-hmm. I set goals, big, big goals and big plans. That's, hey, I'm going to achieve this and I'm going to achieve this and I'm going to achieve this. Mm. And then at the end of the day, none of them actually or just a portion of those things. Mm. And I've been working on this um, personally. I've been reading another book called The One Thing. Mm -hmm. And I've been centralizing my life on what is the one thing. Just essential. That I can do. What is the most essential? Mm -hmm. It's a minimalistic way of looking at life. Right. What is the one thing that I can do that to be able to hold everything together? Mm-hmm. So that's that's actually how I'm starting to think. And 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 this um, an atomic habit again. When I went to reread it again now for the sake of the podcast, there is actually a, like Mark say like when you go back to the book, you start getting these uh, like nuggets that you had missed you before. Yeah, like for example, this part here, uh, it was not the direct part that. I was taking because I had these habits I wanted to get rid of mm-hmm. so quickly mm-hmm. that uh, my 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 focus was not really on on habit formation but rather was was on changing you my habits. habits to make them better. Right. But now that I went back through the book and and I'm starting now to get these small things that now can actually help you build better habits. It makes it makes a whole a whole difference. Mm. And he say when preparation becomes a form of procrastination, you need to change something. Agree. And mm. yeah, that's um that's literally like how my 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 research was. To me I I look at it I, I know what I'm capable of. Mm-hmm. And I'm not one of those people who I know that I work very fine under pressure. Mm-hmm. You send me a deadline <laughs> one day before that deadline and I'm gonna that. pull off something. <laughs> I'm gonna pull off something that's whenever you look at you're like, oh yeah, maybe this guy's been doing this for, for like several days or weeks. Mm-hmm. But some like a lot of time I wonder, what if I started writing few words, or what if I started compiling my figure, my figures one by one, designing experiments before I even think about how I'm gonna do it? I start just designing it first. Mm-hmm everything in detail and I have a systemic way mm-hmm. of, of a systemic approach mm-hmm. to different problems. And I think it would save me a lot of time. I think it would make me a better scientist, mm-hmm. but it's something that I'm, I'm tremendously improving in. And just to wrap it up, mm-hmm. um, you say, if you want to master a habit, the key is to start with repetition, mm-hmm. not perfection. Mm-hmm. Again, this is about stacking things into series, mm-hmm. not in parallel. Mm-hmm. When you put things together, you keep on repeating. In French, they say that repetition is the mother of all science. Mm-hmm. When you can repeat it, you can repeat it again and over and over. It doesn't matter how tough you were. It doesn't matter how how the, the mountain was. Mm-hmm. If you can repeat the same thing a few times, you can still make it. Like I think Mark mentioned that um, one day, I think uh, early in the very first episode even, where he said that, yeah, if somebody had, has made a million dollars before, they can lose the whole thing. But it will be very easy for them to make it back again mm-hmm. because they have already created those habits. They've stuck up mm. what it takes to make the million dollars. Absolutely. And, and I think, uh, you know, uh, just to circle back a little bit with the idea of action and motion, you know, preparation is not bad. And and I'm, of all the people that can tell you about preparation, I can tell you about preparation. But if your preparation does not lead to action, then your preparation is a waste of time. You know, like, I've, I've made this mistake before and, and, I'm, and I've gone both ways, right? When you, for example, you want to write a book and you believe that the secret to writing a perfect book is to have a perfect outline. So you spend all your time working on your outline, but you never write a single statement. And sometimes you, you go just to the approach where you're looking at a blank, a blank white page on, 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 on the Word document and just start typing. Start typing things as they're coming to your mind and then think about the structuring later. 
and I've seen this a lot with with, with people that work on, on, on New Year resolutions. And, you know, we're heading through the end of the year. All of us are planning to do some great stuff toward, toward next year. Motion is great because you write down your, 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 your resolution, you know. Your, your resolution are written down and you're like, on January 1st, I'm going to, do, to start doing ABCD. Uh, my question is, what is stopping you from starting today? Why do you have to wait until January 1st to start? As a matter of fact, I always tell people, if you want to leave your year resolution, write them in November and start applying them in December. Because to me, December is already the end of the year. Don't wait until next year to start like, oh, January 1st, I'll do this and that. And then January 1st rolls in and you're not doing it. The other problem is a lot of people that want to do something. For example, just in my case, like I was trying to, to get rid of some pounds off my body. And I guess what I did, I was watching a lot of motivational videos. I was watching a lot of exercises, how to do the way, the right way, you know. And then I was like, you know, I need to, to sign up for a gym membership. And then I'm like, yeah, I need to find a gym that is at this distance from home so that, you know, it, it's they, they need to have a basketball court. They have to have a sauna in there. They need to have a swimming pool. They need to have all this stuff in, in the gym. And then, you know, I couldn't find anything close by. I'm like, ah, you know, if it's 15 minutes away, it's too far, then I won't have the motivation to go. And I kept on finding all these excuses. It's November and I've not gone to the gym. Why? Because I keep on thinking about perfection, perfection, perfection. But at some point in the middle of the year before before I tore my Achilles, someone told me, why don't you just start walking around your, your complex, you know, your apartment complex? And I started with that. I started working around my apartment complex and then I bought a bike, right? I, I didn't buy a bike. I had a bike before, but I'd given it away and then I wanted to take it back. I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I think I may need this bike. You know, I wanted to get back the bike and I started biking. I created a habit first before you know before i can even think about uh buying or purchasing a, a gym membership the problem is most people we purchase a gym membership and they will never ever go to the gym even once in a whole year and that money is just gone but because it's just 10.99 and it's being deducted from your from from your paycheck you don't even realize that that money is going somewhere when but when you truly think about it the problem is not and we talked about this before the problem is not changing to to always physically change your environment in some circumstances yes you need to physically change your environment but that's not always the problem until something inside of you is changed it doesn't matter how many things you change around you sometimes they don't lead to and i, and I say that carefully sometimes they don't lead to the change that you're looking for sometimes yes the change uh, in, in the scene the change in the environment the change in the place that you are can actually motivate you to do certain to, to a certain action so be careful about your emotional reaction so the, the suggestion that i'll give and I, I was reflecting on this today and i was i, I just put a column right i, I drew a table and I, and I said two columns on one of them i wrote motion on the other one i wrote action and then I started tracking my habits, right? For example, planning, you know, writing down, uh, I need to write a book. Okay, writing my outline and all that. And then I started thinking, which one of these is in motion and which one is action, you know? Then I realized that, you know, maybe planning my workout is good, but it's motion. Because it doesn't matter how much I plan it. If I'm not working out, then, you know, it doesn't make any difference. Even my hitting habit. Like I, I literally sometimes on Sunday just sit down and plan my whole my whole week. Like on Monday I'll eat this at night, this in the morning, so I can just keep track of stuff like that. But then you know I, I wake up, I go to a living room, I find a bunch of cookies on the table. Guess what? I grab one, I eat, and I'm not leaving the commitment that I had. So track down, look at your habit, your current habit. If you're looking at 2021 or 2022, I'm sorry, 2022. If you look at 2022 and you're thinking. What are the things that I need to change? Which one of them are leading me to action and which one are not leading me to action? And I think in the in, in the 12th chapter, it, it goes more to talk, we talk more about it, about how to implement those 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 actions, how to go about action to make your actions such as you can implement them. But before we go there, there's a, a, a very interesting question that James Clear poses here. He says, How long does it actually take to form? A new habit, and that's a question that 
a lot of people never ask themselves. A lot of people say, well, it takes five days. Some people, some scientists have proven it takes 12 days. Some scientists say it takes 21 days. Trust me, I've tried to go with no food and veggies for 21 days. And as soon as 21 <laughs> days were over, 22nd days was back on meat and everything and, and buffalo wings and everything that you can think of, right? You know, does it take 21 days? Does it take 60 days? Does it take 90 days? Jumps Clear gives a different perspective. And I'll, I'll let Adam start with that and we continue. Yeah, so there's a point that he makes here about that. Um, he said that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how long you do it. Mm -hmm. Honestly, what the idea about um, habits, habits is not a function of time. Habit is a function of frequency. Mm -hmm. The more you do something, the better you become at, at that thing. Mm. And the easier it gets Every for you. habit. Mm. Yes, every habit you can think of um, start with a lot of effort. Mm. You start because if from a baby when you're learning to just, you know, crawl, mm. it all starts with a lot of effort. Mm. But the more you repeat it, mm -hmm. the more you can literally do it with your eyes closed or not, you don't even think about it. Think about the first time you had to ride a bike. Mm. When I was learning how to I didn't get a chance to be taught how to learn a bike by my parents. I learned how to run a, to to how to um, to ride a bike. Let me guess. Start from kids in my neighborhood, <laughs> <laughs> we need to we we used to run out of the house and we would go to this one place where you could rent a bike. Start that you. And we go, <laughs> go around the stadium. Around the stadium. Field. <laughs> yeah, and you go around the field. There's this one soccer field where you go around there. You know, you pay you pay for a couple rides. Yeah. And then a bunch of friends uh, were growing up with. They would hold you on the back. And then at a certain point, you will fall like so many times. Yeah. I have like a bunch of scars from right, learning how to ride a bike. Ride a bike it by like being an adult, like not an adult really, but I was like a preteen yeah. when I was learning how to, how to ride a bike. I was probably like 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. But now I don't even have to think about it. Right. So he came for, okay, did a first time, did a second time. It, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I did. I think I went there for a week straight. Mm -hmm. And from then on, it didn't take me 21 days. Mm. From then on, I started riding a bike. Mm -hmm. um, so when it comes to habits, habit is like almost also learning music. Mm. Same thing as solving math problems. You, you, you read my brain because... Yeah, I, I started doing finger picking uh, because I'll, I've been learning the guitar for for quite a while, and I think if you look at the bottom of my screen somewhere here, you can see some a part of my guitar. <laughs> but one thing I realized when when I was I was learning the guitar, of course, the first one your fingers will be sore for a minute, you know, and you you start holding those 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 strings and stuff like that. Now the thing that blew up that blew my mind up was when when you know already a few basic notes. At first, like you're playing, but you you are also kind of looking at your fingers, right? You're looking at the finger structures. When you change notes, mm -hmm. you're looking, and sometimes you miss it. But then when when you do it after a few days, I don't even have to like look at my fingers. I'm literally reading the lyrics, looking at the words, and and looking, you know, one of those uh, guitar chords and stuff like that. I'm reading the chords, and I'm just playing and strumming. Now I started doing finger picking. And, you know, there's a lot of finger-picking patterns that are out there. And and uh, I don't know if anybody knows all of them, but, you know, depends on what you're playing. And there's a simple one this lady was teaching online. Three chords, same, same progression. And guess what? When I started doing finger-picking, I went back to looking at the notes because I kept on, like, screwing <laughs> up my fingers and my left fingers and my right fingers. But a week later, I didn't have to think about it anymore. That finger pattern had already been 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 ingrained in my brain. Now the crazy thing that James Clear talks about here, and I get so a little bit excited about about this chapter every time there is someone who's talking about neuroscience in like, you know, kindergarten level where I can understand it easily. I get excited about it. I've I've, <laughs> I've read neuroscientists talking about stuff. I was like, uh, are we still talking about neuroscience or are we talking about something else? So I, I, I like it when someone <laughs> really, <laughs> right? I like it when someone really breaks it down to, to a level as simple as this where I can understand it. So just clear explains this fact. When you start practicing a habit, 
for so many times, when you've repeated the habit so many times, as a matter of fact, I think John Maxwell says that if you practice the same habit for an hour every every day, an hour for five years, you become an expert in that matter. You become an expert in that domain. You know, and now James Clear says that the structure of your brain literally physically changes as you practice the habit. Because you see, our brain has this one powerful function is to make our life easier. Easier. Because if your brain has had to think, if you had to literally think about your heartbeat and you had to think every time you move your hand, every time you did anything, you'll go crazy. Now, what happens in the brain is that you have these neurons, right? And the neurons, they communicate. That's, that's for if I lift my hand, it's this neuron and this neuron that communicate in a certain way for in order for me to do all these gestures and, and to do everything that I'm doing. Now, when you learn a new habit, your brain starts creating new pathways of those habits. Maybe you have one neuron in the north, the, another neuron in the south that have to communicate in order for a habit to happen. Your brain creates like... Uh, uh, in, 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 in economics or maybe in computer science, we call it critical path. The shortest path uh-huh. between those two points so that you don't have to think a lot in order for you to do a certain habit. And that's what makes it easier for me when I'm picking my guitar. My brain, I no longer have to look at my fingers. My fingers already know where they need to land simply because I have been playing this for so long. It goes about music. I had a professor in college. Uh, doc- uh, she was like a doctor. I think she had a master's degree. I like to call her doctor because she just looked like a doctor. You know, her name was Yi Lao. She was this, this wonderful Chinese woman has, has been in the United States for a few years. She had a master's in mathematics. She taught herself programming from scratch because she, um, when I asked her, how did you do it? She told me, if you know math, you can learn a lot of stuff by yourself. You don't you don't need to be taught anything. People didn't like her as a professor because they they, they said she was tough. She you know in class she was very strict. You couldn't use your phone in class. You had to wait to, to wait a certain hour before you could take your break. Like you just you just don't walk in and out of a class. And if she walks in class, she locks the door. So if you're late, you you literally just miss class. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a very traditional, strict person, but she's probably one of the best professors I had in college. And I'll say why. You know, she did not only teach math, she also taught us like life lessons. Little things like, you know, she tell you, for example, for your quiz, write your name on the top left of your page. And I assure you, if you wrote your name on the top right of the page, you, she will not even grade your paper. Literally, she'll give you a zero without even looking at it. You'll be <laughs> like, man, the answers are right. She said, you didn't respect the instructions. And she taught <laughs> us little things like that about following instructions. She said, think, she used to give this crazy example. She was like, think about this. You're working for NASA. And they tell you that this has to go to this top. And you put it on the left. And that's the whole, a whole, a whole rocket that's blown. <laughs> you know, she, has, she had those, those little examples that were kind of didn't make sense, but they made sense in real life. She taught us one thing. And, th- and that's what helped me in my pre-calculus class and all my calculus classes that I took after that. Uh, I usually joke about the fact that I really love math, but I don't think math loves me back. So our love relationship <laughs> with math has always been kind of weird. She said that if you're struggling with a problem, Learn how to solve the problem. And after you've learned how to solve that problem, do the same problem 50 to 100 times or take similar problems to the problem you just solved. Do it a couple times. Repeat doing the problem. She used to say that mathematics is not the brain. It's the writing. The more you're writing the same problem, it's repetition. The more you're writing the same problem, the more you're repeating. And I think it goes the same way for programming. A lot of people, yeah, programming is, you know, to some extent, you have to do some thinking. But if all you do is all thinking, never writing, you'll be a terrible developer. In order for you to become a better developer, and and, and, and I learned this lesson, and, and I've been taught this lesson. There's a professor in Kenya, when I first started with computer science in Kenya, this professor told us, if you want to be a good developer, make sure you write a program every single day. To him, it was like, I don't care how smart it is. Write a little calculator that can do the four functions. Tomorrow, when you become a little more advanced, write the function of a vehicle. After tomorrow, write a database. Do something by code every single day. And trust me, the people that I knew back then that were 
practicing it. I was practicing it back then, and then I started falling off track and all that. The people that were practicing it, that were coding every day, that were learning every day, over time, they became the best in the field because they were doing it every day. So repetition changes the structure of your brain. Yeah, and it doesn't, you know, sometimes it doesn't matter the time. Again, as, mm. I, as I mentioned, the time is not really a, a factor here. It's about frequency, mm-hmm. how often you do it. Mm-hmm. You mentioned programming. I have a little brother, Gael. He's in Uganda right now mm. studying computer science. Gael is a, I think he's a first-year student or second year. Gael is developing apps. He's developing databases. He's developing websites. He made this one website where he can help to help people fall asleep. So wow. he, he connect he connect the the website is connected to these different type of videos. Mm-hmm. And those videos, when you go to his website, if you have problem sleeping, mm-hmm. so you know there's like a basic beautiful melodies that you can listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is some Bible. Um, verses that can just be reading in the background and can help mm-hmm. you sleep. The rain can help you sleep, thunderstorms, whatever it is. And he's actually even making an app for it now. And he's and he's a first year. Gael, Gael, I believe, I don't think Gael has been in Uganda. I think Gael got in Uganda in January this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably starting his second year in college. Mm. But he's already a developer, and he's he's so passionate about it. Talks about it all the time, mm. and he programs every single day. Mm. And uh, yeah, so it's um it's all about frequency. Repetition. It's all about how often mm. you do it. Mm. Math actually, I, I have a similar story in math. Mm. Um, when uh, in Congo you choose your major in in high school. Yeah. So when I chose my major in high school, I wanted to do business. Mm-hmm. Because I saw my dad doing business and he's doing, he was doing fine. And then I was like, yeah, I can take over my dad's business <laughs> and whatever. And right. I used to have big dreams about it. Mm-hmm. I was I wanted to study business management. But my dad forced me into science and engineering. Mm. So I was like, man, I don't have the a lot of them. I mean, I had some of the mathematical skills. I just did not have a lot of those, um, like drawing weird you know I, I like, scientific I like, drawing i like class how you call it it's, it's a skill and a skill can be learned yeah, it can be learned mm-hmm. it can be learned i did not have those skills and um actually what happened uh with me is like first year of high school ninth grade failed math mm-hmm. only class i failed mm-hmm. mathematics i went in congo they give you a second chance for the exam i, I went second chance failed again wow it was third chance when it was a summer class mm-hmm. So I went to to summer program. Then they gave me another chance to take the test. Mm. That's when I passed mm. my math class. The next year, same thing. First semester math, 40 out of 100. Wow. Actually, that was different because I was in the top five. Mm. I was number five <laughs> in the class for, for the math class because everybody behind me got less than 40. So mm. only one lady, a friend of mine, she's in Canada, Benny. She was 86. I was like, how do people do this? Like, right. <laughs> This stuff to me was so impossible. Mm. Our math professor used to give us 150 problems every weekend. Wow. Yeah, they didn't see me in church in 10th grade, mm. ever. We had to solve them, and he wouldn't even grade them. He would just flip through the pages if you did you most, did like some of them. Right. You get a grade. Mm-hmm. But I went deep. I went deep. I solved every one of those problems i was coming home i was as soon as saturday i get home because saturday we came home early i'll sit on the desk at home start solving problems sunday whole day mm-hmm. solving more problems mm. and then at a certain point um my level was starting to, to get a little better I started to appreciate you know there is a great feeling mm. that comes when you have successfully accomplished a task. Something, yeah. And I think we do we do tasks because of that feeling that's without many rewards that you and, get. And but I think that's the what feeling John, that John you Spear get. T- talks about, yeah. right? When when you have the habit, the crew is the reward that pushes you to redo. Yes, that the pushes you to, to keep on doing mm-hmm. it. Because when I, there's this feeling, you there's a the thing the thing about solving complex problems. Mm. It's 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 the <laughs> there is this 
complex of superiority that just take over mm -hmm. for a second mm -hmm. when you have complete. I feel I usually feel I'm, I'm on the top of the world mm -hmm. when I've, 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 I've solved those complex problems. So I started getting my money into complex problems. My dad actually took me even deeper. My dad took a, a teacher who was coming at home mm -hmm. to teach me even more. So I started even, he started challenging me, me even more, more training me in math, training me in physics. By the end of the year, I was among the 80 people, the, the kids who made 80. Wow. He built my self-confidence at a level that you will never imagine. Mm. Next year, I was now in Kinshasa, top student in math in my whole class, mm. top student in physics in my whole class. I mean, chemistry, I was already beating it up in biology. I was already a science guy. Mm -hmm. But it's just math and physics was taking me down. Right. Struck math and physics in, in finished high school. I killed my math, my math classes, my physics classes. I really destroyed everything because and it, I, didn't, I never stopped. Mm. I kept on solving problems, solving problems. Every single day, I would solve mathematic problems. Mm -hmm. And now, fast forward. Went to college, came to grad school. My, my analytical um, thinking level, they are very high. I don't want to say very high, but they are at a place where I'm very proud mm -hmm. of my analytical thinking level. Mm -hmm. So there is that. And uh, so the idea is, is, is to just repeat the things over and over mm -hmm. until your own body can push them into Autopilot. Autopilot. They can start sustaining themselves. And I think it talks about our three ideas here that I'll, I'll like I'll like to discuss before before we move to um, to the next chapter. But there is there's that point that you've mentioned, and and another point I'd like to mention quickly before before we move on. Every time that you have struggle with, with something in life, and 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 this it talks about that in the next point, the law of the least effort. I always encourage people go back to the basics return to like every time if I have, i'm solving a math problems a math a math problem and 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 i can't i can't figure out how to do it i never have a problem returning to the beginning of the book and looking again at one plus one equals two how does that solve right and then you go to something like x plus y equals both if x equals five and y equals eight you know what is x plus y I start making my progression until I get to the point where I got stuck again. And most of the times, by the time I return to that very point, I, I, I've reviewed the concept and I know exactly what it needs to, to be solved. So there are three more, uh, three more points that James Clear mentions here. Uh, he says, he talks about long-term potentiation. So this refers to, to the point that I made before, the connection that I created between your neurons and 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 and, and it's, it's usually based on the recent pattern of activities. So you keep on repeating something; those connections are made, they strengthen, and the habit becomes a little bit automatic. Now it talks about automaticity, and this is where we aspire to grow. Automaticity, automaticity is the ability to perform a behavior without thinking. And I think uh, Chris Bell it talks about autopilot, where where you just wake up and you're just going. You, you don't have to think about going to the gym. You don't have to think about every morning I have to, to pray or do my meditation or do my, my reading or do my silent prayers or do my, you know, my planning and all that. You don't have to think about that. You have done it so long for so many times. You've done it so many times that it has become a habit. And then he talks about this, this part of the brain. Uh, it's called the hippocampus. The hippocampus, uh, at least that's the one thing I remember from my psychology class, <laughs> because I, I remember I had to to like find a draw. They, they gave us a drawing, and you had to, to identify where the hippocampus. I was like, bro, what what is this? Primary school or something? <laughs> you know. But it was kind of funny. The hippocampus <laughs> is is the part of the limbic system. It plays an important role in consolidation of information, from short term memory to long term memory, and is special memory that enables navigation. Now, this funny study that James Clear mentions here, it says that uh, in London, they they did a they did an experiment with all the London drivers. And I believe that was a lot longer before GPS, but still even with GPS they still they still uh, got some results. They say they did a comparison of a brain of a London driver and of a regular person who doesn't drive in London. And they realized that the eco, the eco, eco, eco campus in the 
brain of London drivers was much, much larger than the ones in the brain of regular people. And once those drivers retired, their hippocampus started getting smaller again. And now they're explaining this fact behind the hippocampus is that the more they were repeating the habit of driving around London, the streets of London, and they said London is one of the most complicated cities in the world. That's, that's what I heard. You know, and driving around those streets, understanding those streets actually enabled those drivers to develop this hippocampus, this part of their brain. So creating habits is not just about some feel good type of thing that you hear about and, and nothing is happening in the background. No. New habits literally rewire your brain, rewire the way your neurons are connected. Even bad habits, they do the same thing because your brain is always looking for ways to optimize your life. And if it finds that scrolling on the phone, that's why, you know, people got into Facebook, people got into WhatsApp easily or Instagram. Why? The principle was simple. Upload a picture, post it. That that was it for Instagram. Just upload a picture and post it. It was literally two steps, two clicks, and you are there. And that's what, because it was so easy, people got so addicted to it. And with that being said, uh, I don't know if you have any other point, Adam. That leads. Uh, no, no, yeah. we just um, yeah, I think we can we can just go yeah. go ahead and transition. And I think that transition exactly into the uh, the next point because you have to understand that first in order for us to understand this next point. Uh, the next point is pretty much yeah. the title of our episode today: the low. Of the least effort, and we've talked about this before. Some. Yes, um, this is this is basic physics, and I think the story that he starts with here, mm-hmm. he, he started with a geography lesson. Yeah, and he started talking about um, basically the continents are thin. Yeah, are the there? different continents, yeah. um, north to south, mm-hmm. and east, east to west. To west, mm-hmm. he said that if you see. Uh, the connection that the whole the, the way the the way people grow things mm-hmm. is that it's easier for crops and things to be similar when you come from east to west mm-hmm. than north to south. Right. There's a lot of changes that happen north to south. Mm. However, east to west because they're it's on very the same, easy on the same latitude. You it's know, the way the, yeah the same latitude. Yeah, the weather seems to stay the same. Seem, seem, yeah, seems seem, seems to be um, to be pretty much the same, right. and that's why that push even development mm-hmm. goes along those lines. Now, something that is important here when you talk about the law of least effort, actually, that's it's a physics law, it's mm-hmm. a law of physics because it's um, it's how nature operates. Right. The first thing you learn in physics, any physics class you've taken, is the law of conservation of energy. Mm-hmm. Energy is always conserved. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing actually I learned, and that's helped me through my entire education. Say, uh, the energy is not is not is not we we, we don't lose energy. We don't get yes. energy. It just transforms itself. Yes, energy energy is neither gained or destroyed. Mm-hmm. Energy is only transformed from one type of energy to another, to another mm-hmm. type of energy. Now, if you think about it in those perspective, mm-hmm. is that um, the least effort that's here, like nature goes toward the least effort. When I teach heat transfer, mm-hmm. I teach my students that heat is transferred from high temperature mm-hmm. reservoir to a low temperature reservoir. Mm-hmm. That is how it works. Same thing goes for um, currents, current in electricity, or if you live in current in, in, in fluid mechanics is the flow. Flow goes toward the least resistance. That is just nature. Mm-hmm. Now, the least effort it takes for you to accomplish something, mm-hmm. the more likely you, are to do it. you can accomplish that thing. Mm-hmm. Your brain will be just directly wired mm-hmm. to all the easiest. Now, think about it, as, as Mark Allen just said, um, how easy it is to post on Instagram. You saw it, you click it, it literally two clicks. Yep. And he, he, he actually, um, James Clear in, in this chapter is giving actually tons of advice about companies. It's like, yeah, in today's world, companies like login is supposed to be like so fast and so easy, mm. so convenient. Mm-hmm. 
in such a way that it does not require any type of resistance whatsoever. TikTok is one of the smartest moves out there. <laughs> yeah, when it comes I was just to this. about to talk about it. That's oh, that's crazy. TikTok is um TikTok everything else. Instagram copied, mm. but like TikTok they only knew that all you need to do no you don't even have to click. Nope, scroll. Just, just swipe up. Mm-hmm. And the more you swipe up, the more stuff and you can you know, see. It never stops. And no, it doesn't. It TikTok doesn't never, it never stops. stops. It's going to keep on going. Keep on going until uh, it does not have an end. You know, funny and story, uh, Adam. The, day, the mm-hmm. day I realized that I didn't need TikTok on my phone. Aplamedi has had TikTok on her phone. I don't know if she still has it. But last year, when we were expecting our, our, our first kid, you know, we were home, not, not much to do. And so I picked her phone and she was like, hey, come check this video. So I checked the video. And like it's it's become like an instant, right? Someone gives you the phone, Twilight. either you swap left, swap right, or swap up. So I swapped up, and that was a mistake. Because <laughs> trust me, and I'm, it's crazy because two hours later, I was still swapping up. And yeah, and when she was like, "Are you still watching that video?" I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> then I look at the time. When I realized how much time I'd spent on it. I knew right on that TikTok was not something I was going to get. Yeah, on. that's uh, that's actually what has killed my time. You know, when I when I used to travel, <laughs> I used to listen to books a lot. Right. But now, uh, <laughs> last time I went to Kansas, I did not listen to books that I used to listen to. I, instead, I found myself just picking up on stories on 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 on, on TikTok. Mm. I would scroll, and I don't know, man. Like they just know what interests me. Like they, they just know. Yeah. I love biology. Mm-hmm. So anything biology related, somebody's talking about the human body in some aspect way or behavior stuff. Right. I will, well, watch that. They know I love politics. So they will just throw in like every single like, thing. Like, like every like this politics stuff, and I'm like, oh yeah, geography stuff and it, global economics. Mm-hmm. I love those type of stuff. I get so much about global economics and because you know i feel like i'm learning i feel like i'm getting a lot of knowledge but in, i'm not really actually being intentional about anything you're, you're, you're in motion not, not in action i'm in motion right yeah i'm in motion really so and and here james clear is saying the greater mm. the obstacle that is the more difficult the habit mm. the more friction there is mm. between you and your desired end state mm. so when something is harder to accomplish, mm-hmm. the least likely you're gonna do it. Right. And um, and 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 I think he he's he gonna talk a, a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. Is that how to achieve more mm. for less? And, and I think the point he was trying to drive back when he was talking about the continents, you know, some of them being lateral and some of them being vertical, like. You know, he explains father, which which is crazy that when 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 Jared Diamond talked about this before, is that the development of countries in Europe was much faster than the development of countries in Americas or Africa, because you know someone who sows crop in London can just move to Paris and still sow the same crop and doesn't have a lot of difficulties, but someone who's sowing crop in Brazil and moves to Canada, there's a huge change in, in, in the weather temperature, and the person is not interested in going up there. So eventually in history, what happened was that people back then in Europe developed homies faster. They, 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 they had a lot of kids. Of course, if you have food, you know, I didn't even know that food was, that. I, I, knew, I kind of, we all know that food is important, but you don't realize how food plays a major role in the development of a country. When I realized that he was talking about how food, because they were producing so much food, people were having more kids. And because they were having more kids, they were being well-fed. Back then, armies was not about technology and science. Army was about numbers. The more people you had, the, the more you could just defeat other people before they started developing their weaponry and making them better. So the point here is that the less friction there is between you and your habit, the more you have to do it. He said that humans are generally motivated by what is easy over what is hard. The habits generally tend to stick. The habit that generally tend to stick, a habit that requires us the least effort. Uh, to, to, for example, TikTok. You, you don't have to think a lot. You don't have to do a lot. You just have to swipe. You know? And then he says that, he, he kind of pushed me to, 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 
to think back about BJ Falk book when he talks about in tiny habit in tiny habits the the formula he gives at the beginning bmap b equals map behavior equals motivation plus ability plus your prompt if your motivation is low enough if your motivation is low and the habit is hard if the habit is hard you need a lot of motivation if the motivation is low then the habit needs to be easy if your motivation is low and the habit is hard trust me you are not going to do it like right now if you ask me to read the math book just for the fun of it i'm not going to do it my motivation for it is very low and it takes some effort to understand what you're reading so i like this point here where james clear start a little bit redefining habit he say habit is just an obstacle to to getting what you want for example being in diet is an obstacle to getting fit Meditation is an obstacle to feeling calm. Journaling is an obstacle to thinking clearly. You don't actually want the habit itself. What you really want is the outcome the habit delivers. So when we think about all these habits that we're trying to create in the new year, and I know we've got about five minutes to the top of the hour here. When we think about all these great habits we are trying to create, right? It's not that we love the habits so much. It's not that I love going to the gym so much. No. But I love being fit. It's not that I love, you know, uh, I love journaling so much. No, but I like thinking clearly. I like that when I wake up, my, my brain is not clustered. My mind is not clustered. And, and I'm not stressed over things that do not, I haven't defined yet. So it's not that the habits that we're trying to acquire is because we love them so much. But it becomes that obstacle to getting us where we want to be. Now, with every obstacle, there's something that happens. is the friction, Right? The, and this is not a law of physics, right? The more friction there is between something, like if you put your brakes on, on if, you, if you step on your brakes, your, 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 your tires lock. Now you create a lot of friction between the tires and, and the tarmac or, or the ground or the, you know, or the road. Now, if that friction is too strong, you can't move. You, you literally get stuck and the car will not be able to move. And if the friction is also way too weak, like try to drive on ice, and you tell me how, how much fun you have doing that. <laughs> and if the friction is too weak as well, it creates the same thing. Like there is that, you know, the motion where you're staying in a certain circle, you're not moving forward. So the goal here is to create enough friction for you to move forward, but also reduce unnecessary friction. You want to be more productive or you want to, to develop better habits? You need to reduce your friction between your current habits and the habits that you're trying to create. Let's say, for example, you're trying to get fit, right? You're trying to do a thousand push-ups a day. Well, if you if you shoot for a thousand push-ups before 7 a.m. and you wake up at 6 30, I bet you your chances of getting there are a little slim to none. But if you shoot for one push-up, Every day, of course, one push up every day for the next hundred years will probably get you bucked up, but not a whole lot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's just a function of time and repetition and all that. But one push up is much easier to do than a thousand. And, and and you know for sure that if you start with one, you do two. If you do two, you do four, you do five. And and I gave this example before on how I developed this push up routine in my life, where I say every time I drink water, I use the restroom, every time I get off the restroom after washing my hands. I'll do 10 push-ups. And every day I started finding myself, that was, of course, before the injury and I couldn't put my leg on, on, on the ground for, for a few weeks. You know, every time I was doing push-ups now, it, it got to a point where I was doing 100, 200 push-ups a day. Why? Because every time I say, after I do A, then I'll do my push-ups. After I do B, then I'll do a push-up. Reducing the friction between what I wanted and the habit I was trying to build actually helped me to develop Oh, the habit much easier. Yeah, and just to wrap this up, um, there is a strategy that is saying, and, I, and I've used that, and that's how I am. Yep. You say that the strategy is addition by subtraction. Mm -hmm. What does he mean by that? It's just like doing more by doing less. Mm. That's, that, that, that's actually what I do. Um, a lot of people tend to, to, tend to call me and be like, hey, how do, how do you get it all done? How do you get it all figured out? Like, you must be a very hardworking guy. You must be, you know, how do you accomplish 
all the stuff that you try to accomplish and at the same time, like we are publishing a magazine, we are doing this, we are doing that. How do you get all of those stuff done? Mm. Um, I am not a very hardworking guy. One thing that's true about me, I am not very hardworking. Mm. I'm a very lazy individual. <laughs> you know, One thing that is true about me is that I'm proactively lazy. Like, I, I, I create shortcut in everything. You know, funny, That's funny, just funny me. thing. And uh, Mark Zuckerberg said, if you, if you want, you want something to be done quickly, give a hard test to a lazy person. He's going to find the quickest way to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, and I think that's why I became an engineer. I find my lazy way out of everything. Like this, this technology I make, I don't have to use my hand. I don't have to be there. I just have to click a button, and the whole thing gonna do its own thing. I don't want, I don't want that detention. I don't want the the, the friction. Mm. To me, I just make it easy. I, I keep it simple and uncomplicated. Mm -hmm. And once it's like, I can still be lazy. You will see me uh, dancing at the party and tomorrow you'll see me getting in a word. Mm. Pretty much. It's because I am proactively lazy. I have designed shortcuts in my mind in a lot of the things that I do for work. And I think that is one advice. Make it easy. Make it simple. When it's too simple, you can accomplish it. You, you don't can, need, you, you don't you need a lot of motivation. You feel like you're doing yep. it. And you don't even it's, need it's, a lot of motivation. It's like breathing. Mm -hmm. it's like breathing. Mm -hmm. We breathe without even noticing that we are breathing. Mm -hmm. We talk. Mm -hmm. we, we Imagine the first time when people were trying to talk. Or when it was a baby. He's trying to say mama or papa for the first time. I'm watching Adam Blaze. Probably Blaise. the hardest task. You know, Adam Blaze just in their learning life. to wave. Like, he's still yeah. like holding his hand up and then you go like. Yeah. And then you know, <laughs> he looks at his hand and it's just amazing. Yeah. So now imagine, imagine now that you've done it, like you've repeated it because so many times. times. Yeah. And now it has become like it's on autopilot. So you just, you just do it. And. That's one thing I'm good at. It's just like, I mean, of course, it can be dangerous for research because in, in research, you want to be fully in control every time. You don't yeah. want to be on autopilot when you're doing research. But I tend to just keep on doing. Like, what I do is uh, I, I find the shortest way there. Mm -hmm. And once I figure out the shortest way, my presentations are some of the simplest presentations. My talks are not very scientific. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are scientific for people to understand. But the way, I, if I tell you about my research, mm. I can explain to you the whole thing in three minutes mm -hmm. or two because I keep it as simple as possible. And that's how I conceive it on my mind. Mm. I see it as easy and simple and achievable. And I'm capable of doing it. And that's the, that whole, is, uh, that's the whole point about uh, adding, adding by subtracting is finding what, what are the, the things that are actually stopping you from doing your habits, right? You need, you need and, and this is why, you know, we encourage you every day here to write down. Uh, write down just helps you to think clearly. You know, um, John Maxwell, I believe in the book that I'm reading right now, Developing the Leader Within You, he talks about this simple principle. You cannot solve a problem that you have not clearly defined. So the first thing that I would encourage you to do as we winding up this episode is define clearly what is stopping you from doing what you want to do. Let's say you want to write a book, right? Or you want to lose weight, or you want to save more money, or you want to do ABC, whatever your goal is. First of all, define what is your goal. What is the, what is the thing that you, you're trying to accomplish? And you want to do that for every single goal. The second thing you want to do is to define what is stopping you from doing it. What are the friction, uh, uh, the frictions that, that that are stopping you from doing that? And one of the frictions can just be the way your environment is designed. You know, try try to write a book in a clustered house with with a lot of kids running around. I don't know how much concentration you can have doing that. That's why research facilities are also usually closed facilities where not allowed people have access to. You need too many kids to even get to to the laboratory because they want the people that are doing their research to be to be focused. They want them to be in that environment where there's no 
not a whole lot of noise. There's not a lot of chatters. There's not a whole lot of stuff like that because you need that focus. So what are the things that are stopping you? Reduce the friction. Subtract all your friction and then you can be more productive. I think even give gives an, an, an example of a Japanese company in 1979 that became more productive just by doing that. They were just looking at their line. What are the things that are doing that our lines is, are moving slower? Oh, we have too many people on the lines. Yes, cut the people on the line. Move. We are some people. Have them do something else. Well, the machine are too old. We knew the machines, you know. And all those little things, those little changes that you make, it, you make every day are the changes that make a big change. There is no overnight success. It, it, it takes a few years to become an overnight success. You see someone working hard for 10 years and then succeeding at something we think is an overnight success. No. They learn to add by subtracting, removing every single obstacle that was on their way in order for them to become more efficient. Even in your workflow, what are the things that are stopping you to be more efficient? You need to create a certain workflow and that will help you. All right, it's with that that we'll be wrapping today's episode. Uh, next Tuesday, we'll be finishing up with the... Um, with this, with this, with this chapter, there's another point it mentions here about priming the environment for future use. How you can prepare your current environment if you, you know, you're coming to the office tomorrow. How can you prepare your office so that when you walk in, you are focused on working, not focusing on cleaning the coffee mug on your table and removing the trash that you forgot there. If you clean it up in advance, then when you come in, you don't have to think about it. How you can prepare your environment for that. And once once we are done with that, uh, next Tuesday, again, we talk about another important, important part of this book in chapter 13. It talks about how to stop procrastinating by using the two-minute rule. I am so excited about that rule because if you can do it in two minutes, trust me, you can do it for two hours. And, and, and then you can learn to beat your procrastination by just using that rule. Uh, with that being said, um, we'll be winding up this episode today. Thank you again for having been with us. Do not forget, our giveaway is starting on December 1st. We'll be posting it on our Instagram page, on our LinkedIn page, and on our YouTube page. And if you're not subscribed well, to this podcast, if you're first time here, uh, do not forget to hit subscribe or to click on the, uh, uh, to like the button or whatever, the like button and, <laughs> and click on the notification bell so that you are notified every time that we we press something especially that we're coming up with that or with that or giveaway we don't want you to miss out on it so make sure that you you follow us on our social media pages and on youtube as well and if you want to watch us of course if you you're tired of listening to us you just want to see what we look like uh tune on youtube we are posting our zoom calls now we we add them and our future guests as well we will be posting some of the videos with them uh adam anything else before we leave no not all all right, uh, it's that that we'll be wrapping up today. Thank you again, and we'll see you next day. God bless you, and you have a wonderful life. Bye-bye.